American Hammers Radio presents Fortunes Always Hiding. Hello and welcome one and all to the Fortunes Always Hiding podcast here on American Hammers Radio. I'm your host, Zach, joined by John out of Philly. And What's up? Joined by a very special guest. We're joined by Sue from WHUISA. Sue, how are you doing on this Sunday? <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you. And, and good morning to uh, the American Hammers. <laughs> yeah, and for all of you who are listening, we recorded this at 8.15 in the morning on Sunday because this <laughs> is what you do on 8.15 in the morning on a Sunday. That's right. That's right. Your sleep That's is right. for the week. Um, for um, all of it's not that are, late, man. It's not that late. Come on. All of you who are asking, where's Chris? We don't know either. We assume he's sleeping off a bad hangover. That's right. And he hasn't even, it's not even because of a West Ham loss. So, I mean, like, you know, it's. <laughs> it's, it's because uh, he lives pretty, in Erie, Pennsylvania. And what's there to do form. in Erie? Nothing. Poor form, Chris. Okay, so let's go. But So, Sue, because Sue is our guest, let's find out a little bit about Sue. Sue, what do you do? Okay, well, West Ham United Independent Supporters Association is a for, run by fans, for fans, independent supporters organisation. Um, we're affiliated to the Football Supporters Association, which is really important, an important point, because that means that we have to have a constitution, um, which is a rigorous, properly structured. We have to have financial accounts that are audited yearly, uh, we have to have um, an equality policy. Uh, there's certain standards that we have to reach to have that status. Um, now, we're not the only independent group. There's also Hammers United. Mm -hmm. But from Wister's point of view, um, we represent all fans. And we actually do have some American members. Hmm. Um, yeah, we're always looking to grow our membership base. <laughs> so, obviously, you can join us for a quid. <laughs> Less than the price of a pint in this country. I don't know about yourselves, but <laughs> less than the price of a pint. Um, and we represent fans um, and fans' viewpoints. Um, we bring certain issues to the attention of the press, to the club, um, to various other bodies. So uh, it's no secret that the uh, the London Stadium, it's kind of a complicated ownership setup. Uh, so yes. we ultimately, yeah, yeah. The ultimate owner is actually the, the Mayor of London. Right. But um, responsibilities are kind of um, given to two companies, E20 and LS185, and that's overseen by the Greater uh, London uh, Authority or the Assembly. So it's a really complicated setup. So we have we have lots of agencies, groups, government people, uh, MPs, um, et cetera, et cetera, that we also liaise with and represent all West Ham fans. Um, police are included in that as well. So we do a lot of work on behalf of our fans um, and our members, uh, be wherever they live. So in other words, you're saying that the London Stadium is essentially the 33rd borough of London? <laughs> the Something of, like that. Yeah, with the <laughs> amount of administrative hoops you have to dump, jump, jump through to get things approved, with the Mayor of London technically mm. owning it, and all these different yeah. councils, it sounds like I'm dealing with WMTA Metro here, and or even just building anything in Washington, D.C. I'm from outside of Washington, D.C., if you didn't know. Um, and getting anything done in Washington, D.C., you have to pass it through D.C. City Council. 
you have to get the mayor to sign it. And then if it's something big, you have to get the federal government to sign off on it because the District of Columbia is technically a district of the federal government. And does that make any sense? No. So it's not because it's not a state. It's an administrative district. Is it really part of America? Is it well, really not? This is something that's been debated ever since it was created, and it's still being debated today. And why well, is there 51 stars in D.C.? Because the mayor wants to be a state. Okay. Mm. Anyways, yeah. it's just so confusing. <laughs> I just feel like I'm back at home watching the news. Yeah, it's a complicated setup for sure. Um, but so, so it sounds though like WISA is 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 pretty important, uh, especially for uh, giving fans not just a voice, but an official voice that can actually speak to um, some really important channels that otherwise uh, most of us fans would just be wishing. Uh, we could we could have some sort of influence. And is that kind of why it was founded? Yes, it was uh, kind of why it was founded, and it's grown and developed since its foundation. Um, I, I mean, a lot of the work we do is raising pertinent issues, shall we say. Right. So, for example, and this is something that you folks in the States would also be potentially liable for slash to. Now, one of the things that we're pushing against is the introduction of a cryptocurrency mm. called uh, Now, um, in the UK, it is un- completely unregulated financially. Obviously, I wouldn't know about the US. It is you too. Right, okay. So within that, there is a bit of a danger because, as you know, prices can go up and down. Um And we don't believe you should have to pay to have a say in the running of your club. That's not okay. And even within that, there are, so for example, at the moment, there's Galatasaray, Barca, Roma, um, to name but three other really big, Juve, big clubs that have already bought into it. And it's all silly things like celebration song. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is inside the captain's armband. Was another random thing. I mean, I'm what? sorry. Exactly, that was our point. This money grab. Well, this is one of the issues we've got at the moment with our current board. I mean, I would imagine it's no um, secret that there are a few tensions, shall we say, between the fan base and Gold Sutherland and Brady at the moment. Um, but this is just one of the things. Um, another thing is the price for the mascots. Mm. So oh, in, yeah. in British pounds, it's £700, but that's without value-added tax, which could then bump it up to over 800 quid. Now, that's sterling, obviously. Right. Um, that is the most expensive in the Premier League. And given that the borough that Stratford is in, Newham, is one of the poorest boroughs in London, um, if not the poorest boroughs in the whole of the United Kingdom. Really, this is a tax on a child's dream, we feel, and we're, pro- yeah. uh, we're at putting forth representation that that needs to be lowered. That's not yeah. okay. Um, so they're just two examples of things that we're doing. Uh, we've also pulled up – so, for example, um, I don't know if you heard the news in the States that um, Caroline Flack committed suicide. Uh, she – is a show yeah okay so david gold liked a tweet where there was an extremely negative comment about somebody committing suicide um and we pulled him up publicly on that because that's not okay 
it's not okay. And then he liked another tweet where he called West Ham fans or where somebody on Twitter said West Ham fans are morons and knuckle-dragging Neanderthals. Well, that means the three of us are morons and knuckle-dragging Neanderthals. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not okay. Well, I'm not no. sorry. That's, that's just too okay. funny. Well, it's not okay. Yeah. You're right. No, you're right. It's absolutely not okay. I mean, I may be a Neanderthal, but it's none of his business. <laughs> well, exactly. I, well, so... Is- no different than our president here in the States. We need to get Twitter out of the hands of these these older gentlemen and give it to younger interns who know social media, who can tweet appropriately, who can like appropriate tweets and not stuff like calling Western fans knuckle knuckle dragging Neanderthals who would be yeah. who would be making fire with sticks and stones and be wearing layer yeah. cards and stuff from animals we kill. No. Yeah. We need well, to, they need yeah. to find people who know what to do. Pay people. This is why you have interns. But, but but what you're talking about is the symptom of a larger issue. I right, mean the, but, the, the, the issue is not just his social media prowess. Right. The symptom. This is a symptom of a larger issue. And we we spoke actually uh, on this podcast uh, last week about um, about the mascot uh, issue. You know, we, we talked about how outrageous it was, um, how, you know, and, and what do you get for that 700 pounds compared to what other clubs do? I think we talked about Brighton and about yep. how. At, at, you know, at Brighton, um, the kids get what they, they get like a, a, a kit get, and they, they get, get like they a get, tour they get, and they get, yeah, they get tickets to the match. They get a photo mm-hmm. of themselves, a parking parking spot. Um, so there's there's all these mm-hmm. all these things that are added to the value, and it's still like 350 quid or something like that, well, as opposed so to yeah, yeah, there's two options. It's yeah. 250 quid and then 350. 350. Right. So yeah. Yeah, you get, regardless, yeah. um, it's just it's just highway robbery. That what they're doing to our yeah. own fans. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're 100% right when you say it's symptomatic of a bigger issue, because one of the other things that WISA has uh, put out to its members, we called it a discussion paper, but basically we're calling for three things. So uh, what we're calling for is um, that the club meet, uh, recognise, well, it's us and Hammers United, because we're both uh, independent and affiliated. And just to clarify what I mean by independent, because the club will say that, for example, Pride of Irons is independent. Um, It's not because West Ham United partly fund it. Uh, Um, And I'm not saying they shouldn't have Pride of Irons. Please don't think that's what I'm saying, because I'm most definitely not. What I am saying, though, is by independent, I mean both us and Hammers United are fully either self-funded or um, donated funded, shall we say, by members. We are not funded by any shape or mean by the club, which makes us independent from the club. So we're asking for structured, meaningful dialogue with our club. I don't think that's unreasonable, around fans, thoughts, issues, concerns, worries. Um, We're asking that a proper infrastructure is put in place at our club, which is what you're saying about symptomatic stuff. So part of that would involve getting rid of Karen Brady and having a full-time... I take it you like that thought. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can't see this, but I just like was cheering silently so as not to interrupt her. Um, I, I'm, I'm in love with everything you're saying. Please continue. <laughs> so a full-time experienced CEO that focuses on getting things right for the club. Ooh. We need a director of football with technical knowledge, yes. not a, a director of football that's picked by the manager. So I mean, he's a, a full-time director of football experience with technical knowledge 
We also need a proper scouting system, not just one scout. I mean, the poor soul, what can he do? One scout, a nonce. So we need a proper scouting system, an analytics department that can actually analyse players to look at. I mean, this is not rocket science. I don't work in football. I work in a school. So I know how you use data properly, yeah? yeah? So they don't have a data department. Why? I mean, it's just madness. And we need to, the, do you know, I, when I watch transfer de- deadline day and they have, they stand in front of the Wolves training ground yeah. and they stand in front of the Leicester training ground and they stand in front of some porter cabins, B&Q or like home base <laughs> at the side. That's my Sam. It's humiliating. Oh, oh yeah. facilities, please. And then the other thing that actually does, I, I feel quite sad about, is our academy. Now, our mm. youth academy, our academy of football, used to be something that was a source of significant pride yep. within football itself. Well, now it's a standing joke because the last scout post that they were advertising was for a volunteer. Yeah, I saw that. So our young players don't even warrant having a proper scout that's paid one. I mean, at least the full-time players have one scout. I mean, it's just a nonsense. So really the infrastructure needs to serious overhaul. And then the other thing we're asking for is that the shareholders relinquish the day-to-day um, executive involvement in the club. So Sullivan steps back. Ooh. This is not fee for 2020. <laughs> this is our club. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a bit of a disconnect. My sense is there's a disconnect between a large proportion of the fan base yeah. and the owners. And I don't think they're quite getting that we're not customers, we're supporters. And the club means more to us or means it the club's important to us in a different way than it is to them. Yeah. Correct. And we're not yeah. we're not milk machines to get money out of, which is how it often feels. Mascots being one example, socios being another example. Yeah. I mean it's all just nonsense. So that's basically what we're campaigning on at the moment. Um, and as I said, we're doing that through various things. So the anti, the, the notus socios, we're backing that on Twitter. Right. So obviously, if any of you folks there, that's um, we're kind of involved in that and supporting that. Um, then the mascot thing, we've done a, quite a lot of work on that, pushing back against that. Yeah. Um, every opportunity. Now, the the latest thing at the moment is they're going to reconfigure the two stands, or two of the stands at that London Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be, interestingly, I'm one of the people in the Bobby Moore Lower, so I'm getting the letters. Um, So we've put together a few questions that we're going to ask because I'm not 100% convinced um, that this is going to be as great as they're saying. Well, nothing has been as great as they've said, right? So why would this be any different? And that is part of the problem. And that's what I'm saying about the disconnect between the fan base or a large proportion of the fan base and the club. I mean, to be fair, it could be. It could be really good. But because the trust has gone um, from a proportion of the fan base, to be fair, there are going to be some that think, yeah, 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 great, still, whatever. Well, there um, might be any guys I mean, in West London who are sitting in a you know, director's box somewhere that they think it's fine. But the rest of us that aren't eating prawn sandwiches are a little upset. No, no, exactly. And that's 100% right. Uh, I mean, and getting round to the food. I mean, you mentioned prawn sandwiches. Well, 
apart from the fact the pies aren't very nice, right. they're an exorbitant price. They are an absolutely ludicrous price. So yeah. if you're a, a mum or a dad with a couple of kiddies with you, you know, it soon racks up. It's not a cheap day out. No. And to some extent, football is being taken out of the hands of a lot of the – a lot of the older time fans, people like me that have been going and supporting West Ham for over 50 years now. And we're just not going because it's not the same. It's really corporate. It's really, um, so they've got popcorn as a football game. Now Uh, I know know. American football. I know, I know. I'm talking about what you folks would call soccer. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, we, we call uh, it, so on this podcast, we call it football. Please just speak speak regularly. We 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 understand yeah, that yeah. we are we're we're, we're yeah, uh, yeah. sports. We're culturally English. <laughs> hey. You know, and then you have um, pims and gin. Yep. And I'm sorry, but but then you can't drink. Bring it inside of the pitch in case the pitch gets offended by the fact you've got a bottle of beer in your hand. Don't know. Bizarre. If I, was, if I was at the London Stadium watching cricket or American football or baseball, I could bring my drink to my seat, but I can't now because I'm watching football. So Some are more on. I actually was there for the two bit for the MLB London series this, uh, last year. Okay. And so I I understand your complaint about food, but when we were there, because we're we're mar- my whole family, all four of us, we were there. When we were buying food, we were like, okay, the food prices aren't that bad. We were also in London for the Olympics in 2012. We did not, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we were there the first week, not the second week. So we didn't get into the London mm-hmm. stadium. So, which is okay. a bit disappointing, but glad we were able to go last year. But the Pins mm-hmm. Cups actually shocked me. And the fact that they were, like, people were just literally buying pitchers of Pins for 40 pounds, I think it was, and just bringing it to their mm-hmm. seats with straws and just drinking them. I'm like, no yeah. one's stopping them. I'm like, oh my God, you no. can't do that in America. Or even people bought 12 mm-hmm. beer and had like carrying cases of six, six in each yeah. But you can't do that for football. But you can't do that for football because football fans are dangerous morons who are going to riot and like climb up and, and bring Sullivan down. Well, a lot of that has to do with the Taylor Report and the Taylor Report being wrong based on what we currently know. And it's the fact that it's not being rewritten and the fact that the police officer in charge is being retried again. And it's just a whole massive clusterfuck, for a lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. It's a mess, and we're continuing. We're look. They're looking. Parliament is looking at football fans like a bunch of knuckle dragon Neanderthals. And mm-hmm. when we're not, most of us are civilized. Most of us just want to mm-hmm. day out with our mates, with our family, with our coworkers, just in trying mm-hmm. to enjoy something and bring joy to our lives. And so, yeah. with Celtic adding safe standing. Um, I, that to me that brings hope that this could, that safe standing can be done again in the U.S. Well, it's being done in the U.S., but it can be done in England and be successful. It's very successful in Germany. Well, but let's yeah. be so. So just to just to get on that for a second, I mean, London Stadium is probably the worst stadium for safe standing. I mean, where are you going to put it? I mean, we can't even get close to the pitch. So well, I'll let's do go back yeah. on uh, back on to that. Well, so so hang on. Um, I I have a thought behind that, and so. <laughs> At R- so, at RFK Stadium here in Washington D.C., I do you know anything about RFK Stadium, so? No, no one. No one does. Okay, Go ahead. so RFK Stadium <laughs> is one of the most historic uh, soccer stadiums here in, here in the U.S. It's hosted the 1994 World Cup, the 1996 Olympics, 1984 Olympics, uh, 1999 Women's World Cup, and 2003 Women's World Cup. It hosted the Washington mm-hmm. Diplomats. 
of the NASL and the Washington Whips of the NASL and DC United up until very recently. It's um, so they had because there was a baseball stadium and an American football stadium. They had a they have a set of bleachers that are on a railroad track that literally when you mm-hmm. was uh, like when they were playing baseball, it was it could move all the way over and lock into place. And then when it was time for American football, it would move all the way back and lock into place. To, that's mm-hmm. what I think they're going to be doing with the stadium, with the seats being moved in. And so you're literally going to be walking on platforms to get out to your seats. And you're going to be just looking at seeing your old seats below you while you tell your new ones. That's just mm-hmm. my un, unprofessional thought on stadium architecture. Because I have well, a lot of... Be, it has to be retractable because of the agreement yeah. we have with, uh, um, with, with the running track, right? So we have yeah. to have the running track accessible certain times of the year. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the other issue is we did actually ask about safe standing because you are right, there are quite a few stadiums in England that are now either considering, so Old Trafford, Manchester United, they're going to have, yeah, exactly. But we we did actually ask about safe standing and railed seats and the issue comes back to the fact that we are tenants in a rented um, stadium that's actually owned by... LS18, well, the London Mayor ultimately, but yeah. E20, LS185, it's a non-starter. So what they're saying is the reconfiguration of the Bobby Moore lower and the Tre- Sir Trevor Brooking lower stands, mm-hmm. they're going to, as it stands at the moment, it's a bowl shape. So they're going to square off the two lower stands at opposite ends. They say it'll bring it closer to the pitch, possibly, but the... Um, Design company that are doing all this work are also saying that makes it a cheaper option for attracting the seats back. Or they don't actually say retracting, interesting. They say moving the seats back um, because we were meant to originally have retractable seats. Yeah, yeah, As it stands, my my seat is on a load of scaffolding, which is tied together by cable ties. So the Bobby Moore lower is on scaffolding poles. Yeah, I know. And cable ties. Now, we have checked, and the health and safety bods say, oh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. So I've actually asked, what are the plans in detail? Um, What exactly will that look like? How much closer to the edge of the pitch? Uh, I mean, they say you're going to be – some of these seats are going to be um, out of the roof, so you're going to get wet. Well, actually, you get wet anyway, so that doesn't matter. Rails are st- say standing, we'd be in favour, but it's not mm-hmm. going to happen no. at the London Stadium at the moment. Um, I think because as tenants, we obviously have a different right to say somebody, a Manchester United supporter at Old Trafford. So, well, uh, so I'm in the insurance industry for my day job, and to me, that sounds like a question of liability. Um, you know, as a you know, if you were if you have a tenant, you don't want your tenant doing something that could that could result in in, in some sort of legal action. Whereas, if you were uh, if you owned it yourself, you thought, well, you know, it's it's you'd get a lot more reward uh, than you would just risk. Um, because yeah. some people obviously are still scared of it. And, and if you're not a football person, right, if you're, if you're just, um, you know, a company that, that runs this, uh, you know, the, this soulless ball, as so many fans call it, um, then, then you, you know, why would you risk anything? I mean, they're not even making money. I mean, how much, how much are they losing every single year? I can't remember. It's millions of pounds, right? Yeah, I mean, they did release their latest accounts, and I think it was something like twenty-eight million pound, twenty-eight point one or whatever million pounds loss. Um, 
you know, and there's the finances are a really interesting thing with um, West Ham because mm-hmm. apparently West Ham is the 18th richest club in Europe. Right. On this European league. And it's like, okay, I how does all this work? Then? Well, yeah, where, 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 where mean, does all that money go? Where does all the revenue disappear well, to you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm sure, again, because I know you folks will be tracking all this stuff, is one of the chants is um, where's all our money? Well, the polite version is you've stolen all our money. Um, You know, they sold the bowling. That, in my mind, really was the day West Ham changed. And so the 10th of May 2016, you know, it it died. The 11th of May it was gone. One of the saddest... And actually, it makes me feel really sad even now thinking about it, was seeing the, the picture of Bobby Moore going up and turning the lights off forever on our club. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people are viewing it in this country. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't know what you folks feel about that, but that's how we feel. He turned the lights out on West Ham United. No, I think you're right. I mean, so I'm, I've been a member of um, Knees Up Mother Brown for a long time. And um, okay. I mean, so everyone there. Uh, has pretty much echoed your your sentiments, um, and I, I feel blessed that I was able to go. I've only been I only went to Upton Park twice, um, but mm. but I can say I was there. I can say that I've been to Upton yeah. Park, and I I saw us beat Manchester United at Upton Park. I mean, so hey. that's, that's something I'll never you know I'll never forget, and something that no one can take away from me. And and that modern day American fans. And now, let's be honest, modern-day uh, fans everywhere, they, that's, they're never going to experience that again, what it was like at the Berlin, what it was like, you know, right there. I was on the front row behind the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. like, uh, now I was in with the away section because my mate who got me tickets was a Manchester United fan. But you know what? God bless him. He got me in there. I was able – at one point, I leaned, I leaned over, and I could touch the pitch. Like, you know, that's how, yeah. that's how close yeah. you were. And, and so um, – yeah. That will not be recreated anytime soon. Um, no. But, but like, you don't so, want to touch the carpet? Oh, listen, listen. Antonio loved the carpet, and Antonio made me love the carpet. Oh. So, oh, don't, that, talk, don't even talk about the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Don't you know it's, a, it's a flying carpet. It flies to the bottom of the table. Yeah. No one. But you know what? And this is real two bob stuff. This is just symptomatic in the club. The carpet, when you look at it, it's not even cutting a straight line in parts. You've got to be it's all cut. The lines are all like. I know it sounds really stupid, but it's like you can't even get that right. You can't even cut something into a straight line. It's a joke. So, Except so it's not a funny joke. No, it's but it, I mean it is. It's funny in a really sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've told us a lot about what WISA are doing. Um, and it's a lot. I mean, you guys, you guys have a lot that you're going after. And it's stuff that's so near and dear to our hearts. I mean, like, we, it, I mean, most of those sentiments we've already discussed. And, and we've mm-hmm. had less, we've had fewer than 10 episodes so far, right, Zach? I mean, how many, how many oh. have we had? Um, is this the, this is the eighth or ninth episode? Um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I think it doesn't matter. Let's continue. Let's right. Yeah. So um, obviously we we are uh, desperately interested in the issues that that you guys are advocating. Um, Hammers United are now starting to take a much harder line, Um, you know, with with planning protests, with another round of protests coming. Liverpool match. right? Uh, Yeah. And and then uh, and then I think more planned after that. And um, I know. 
from from the finger of the pulse that I have through through uh, KUMB, um, mm. you know, we've it, it's it's widely supported. Um, yes. Is that something that WISA is, is considering? Are you considering kind of going down that same road? Okay, so um, we fully supported the original protest on the 18th, yep. uh, the static protest, as it was called, and I actually gave one of the speeches um, at that static protest. And my final byline, well, my final byline was um, divide and conquer is over West Ham. We are all united. Yep. Because one of the things that West Ham, I think Brady to some extent, but the media of West Ham have tried to do is split West Ham fan groups up yep. because it's easier to control people if there's this group over here is arguing with that group over there, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we've also come out and said, and our, our monthly newsletter should be coming out today, if not tomorrow, to say that we support the uh, Black Balloon protest away yep. at Anfield uh, Monday, so tomorrow, and we are urging all our members, we fully support, we're urging all our members to attend the protest on the 29th. Now, I'm going to be there um, as our other members of our committee, and we're going to march with our fellow Hammers because what is happening to our club is not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Um, and for some of the reasons I've said, and for many others, so yep. yes, we fully support and works with Hammers United. Um, and again, we do urge all our members to come out on the 29th um, and march and so just make the voice loud and clear. This is not how we want our club to be run anymore. Things have to change. And in a way, if we get relegated, and it is looking more and more likely at the moment yep. for a host of reasons. Sadly. Sadly, very sadly. But possibly one... I don't want to say benefit, but possibly one action that may help the club to rebuild, and it needs to rebuild, yeah. is when we get rid of some of our older players or some of the older players are moved on, whatever words we choose to use, we can bring in some young, hungry players mm -hmm. that want to play for our club, that view it as a source of pride to play for our club. However, that does get back to infrastructure, doesn't it? That's right. Well, I mean, they, when they, they, they yeah. the Oxford United, they, there was a little um, special on them, and it showed their training ground, and, and it put ours to shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I like the porter cabins with like trellis up the side. It's humiliating. Well, yeah. this, you know, this goes back to only having one scout. I mean, if you look at Newcastle's goalkeeper, I think he was playing what in the third division of the Czech Republic or something like that last yeah, season. Yeah. And now he's starting yeah. the Premier League and doing fantastic. Why can't? Why do we only have one scout? We need at least a minimum of ten in Europe alone, in mainland yeah. Europe alone. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, structural issues are are key, and and so um, we um, on American Hammers Radio, we are not, excuse me, American Hammers Network. We uh, had a great interview with um, the guy that writes uh, the H List blog. Um, oh, Jim uh, Turn. Yeah, so Jim was on. He yeah, was he was fantastic. Um, very knowledgeable, very well spoken. Um, and so you know, the, the the blog we were talking about was, you know, are we are we terrible under David uh, uh, under under Sullivan uh, and Gold and Brady because um, they're incompetent, or is it because 
their plans are simply different than our plans. They don't really care if we're good. They just want to um, keep us in the league and maximize the value so that when, uh, what is it, is it 2023 when they can sell the club and then they don't have to share any of the proceeds and then they can go ahead and sell it. Say, oh, we saved you because that's been their line the entire time um, and then make make a fortune um, from just being at the right place at the right time. And, you know, in a lot of ways they're following the same rule book of the same playbook, I mean, from uh, what they did at Birmingham. So, yeah. um, you know, try to move them into a different stadium, you know, say we're going to get you into the better league and keep you there. And then they sell them to mm-hmm. anyone who has money. They don't really care if it's better for the club in the long run or not. I mean, like the, was it yeah. the, the young guy, whatever they sold them to at Birmingham was terrible. But um, yeah. so, so, you know, Jim was saying that uh, he thought he, he used to think it was that they were, they were incompetent. Now he was beginning to think that they were, um, that, that really it was that they have different goals and they don't, they just simply don't care about the same things mm-hmm. that, that we all care about as West Ham fans. But I, but I have to say, I think it's both. I really do think that it's not, it's not one or the other. I think that in, in many ways they have different goals and ambitions for this club than we do. But I also think that they continually shoot themselves in the foot and, and yep. they continually yep. do things that they think they're smarter. I mean, so David Sullivan has come out and said in, in previous interviews that he thinks that he's smarter than any manager he hires because he's been doing this for just as long and he should be able to do it just as well. And he prefers to work through a network of trusted agents um, who yep. can do his scouting for him. And it never works. It never works, and they don't learn from their mistakes in the past. So you you get this kind of institutionalized incompetence that goes from the top to the very bottom. And and so that's why, for me, it's so heartening to see the Hammers in the U.K., Doing what is what you guys are doing now and standing up, protesting, making your voice heard. And finally, the press, the English press, has mm. has come come alive and and, 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 and kind of – realized what's going on and not been snowed and not been and not been you know convinced by the lame PR team we have uh you know that 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 it's okay so um for for us here we're we're so excited that that, that you guys are doing what you're doing uh, and that's great to hear that i mean Interestingly, so I presume you um, saw the Sky, uh, the Sunday um, supplement Sky Sports apology debacle. Yeah. Oh, that's. But the thing is, even that was an example of a lie because then um, part of the legal letter was making claims, interestingly, about Birmingham. Um, so when we looked into that, so Wissa contacted yeah. the Birmingham City Trust and was able to prove that actually it was nothing to do with them, this ground getting the status and stuff. So they're lying. They're yeah. just lying through their teeth. But I think part of that, and you're 100% right, that the British press are now, or the sporting press are now thinking, hang on a minute here, hang on a minute. Uh, And they've actually really exposed an awful lot of um, a range of issues, shall we say, from this moral stuff all the way through to financial irregularities, to Brady claiming certain things um, to her, to them having Declan Rice, for example, who isn't old enough to do it, um, supporting a, an alcoholic beverage type event, you know, and all these sorts of things. It's just not okay. No. Um, so the press are waking up to that. Now, one of the reasons I think um, 
it's been quite successful is all the protests themselves have been very peaceful, right. have been um, organised with all the relevant permissions, the police, LS185, E20, whoever else Hammers United needed to talk to. So it, it's been about what we've not given Brady the chance or any of them the chance to do is say, look at these West Ham yobs. What do you expect? Look at what we have to put up with. Because that's not the truth. Right. West Ham fans are people like the three of us, and we're not yobs. No. We just care about our club. And I think Jim is right. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Jim Kearns. He's an extremely um, well-thought-of blogger. Um, yep. the H list um, very very informative I mean the other one that we do look at quite a bit is Kieran Maguire who's mm -hmm. the price of football and right. he does a lot of financial analysis of West Ham and other clubs very very astute man so again he's really worth looking at his um, right. well, I usually access it via Twitter because you can get a lot of financial information on a range of clubs from him Um but, yeah, so the British press are beginning to wake up and acknowledge that actually what this lot are saying and what this lot are doing is destroying um, a football club that's been in existence for over 100 years. And yeah, absolutely. It. Well, and, and I think, I think again, another sign of their, their incompetence and their, their continually making the wrong decisions is, is when, this, when this initial criticism came out uh, on that Sunday supplement um, mm. you know, program – their immediate reaction was attack it, shut it down, yeah. tell them to stop. Yeah. And the rest of the press mm -hmm. corps went, wait a minute, you're attacking us now? And I feel like yeah. that kind of let them loose and they were kind of like, okay, we, you, you, you've done – so we can, we can kind of ignore the fact that you run a football club terribly because, yeah. you know – Everyone has a different view of West Ham United. We kind of used to be everyone's second team, right? Everyone kind of used to like our not story, and, but not anymore, right? Yeah. So, so everyone was kind of okay with us being terrible. Um, but now you've attacked the press corps. Uh, you know, you, you've attacked. You know, what, what do they call it? The uh, is it the fourth estate or whatever? I think that's what Graham mm -hmm. at uh, KUMB called it recently. Um, so now that that's happened, I really think they feel emboldened and they feel um, you know ethically correct. And, and taking you know our owners to task, and uh, yeah. it's been it's been it's been brutal, but it's been refreshing. It's been so it's yeah. been so validating. Mm. I mean, one of the other things that they've done to shoot themselves in the foot regarding the media generally, and this does bring Graham from KUMB in, is they went through a phase of banning various yeah. people from their press box. Graham uh, Howlett from KUMB yeah. being one of them. Now. This is the other issue we have with Brady and Co, or the Brady Bunch, as they've been called occasionally. <laughs> is that we, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, you have to be able to take some criticism in life and you have exactly. to be able to say, well, look, you know, so when somebody asks a question, and this is why they won't talk to us or Hammers United, because we would say things like, well, £28.1 million loss, how's that work out? And why have we only got one scout? And what are you going to do about the training facilities? They don't want to hear that. So yeah. they do have something called the Official Supporters Board. Right. Which is interesting. Now, how much do you folks know about how that came into being? Um, well, I mean, I can, I can gander a guess because I live here, because here in America we have something similar with Major League Soccer Clubs and the uh -huh. – 
official, quote-unquote, official supporters groups really just paid for by the team. This also happens in minor leagues in the USL, in, the, in Division Two. but it's just my guess is that they decided to create this to pretty much say they, these are the yes men. Do you like how the club's being yeah. run? Yes. Do you like how this training facility looks? Yes. Do you like the fact that we only have one scout? Yes. Do you like the fact that we're about to be relegated? Yes. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. That's probably the yeah. unofficial model. Yep. Do you know what? 100% nail on the head there. So if I just tell you how this came into being. Okay. So West Ham, so Karen Brady um, came up with this idea. She won, There was originally a supporters advisory board. She didn't like that. She wanted um, something a bit, well, she wanted something a bit different. She spoke to the Football Supporters Federation at the time. They advised her to speak to Wissa. She refused and came up with this non-democratic construct. So there were four people. People had to say, I want to be a member of this. They had to have five season ticket holders countersign their application. And then there was people handpicked by Karen Brady to select from the applicants. Carlton Cole was one, so Trevor Brooking was the other. A friend of Karen Brady's that does helicopter rides and things like that. And the chair of the supporters club where you go to have your drinks. Now, he was gifted a place on the board anyway, so he's not sure how democratic that was. <laughs> so they were hand-picked by a hand-picked group of people by Karen Brady. 100% nail on the head. They are yes people. Um, they have never, so I should have at least two reps that should contact me or be asking me questions or putting things out on social media or whatever. Never ever have they done anything like that, even to the extent that when the season tickets uh, price increases were announced for this season um, by West Ham, the official supporters board said, oh, we didn't know anything about that, but you're meant to be the fans' reps. You know, it's just a farce. And then they were going to have the season ticket final cut-off renewal date halfway through a month. Well, most people are monthly paid. So Wissa did campaign on both of those. We managed to get it to the end of May. But again, it, it's just a nonsense. So yes, they're just yes people. Um, they don't represent fans at all. So Carlton Cole is one? I, did, I didn't realise that. Right. He's an ambassador of the club. So he's paid yeah, okay. by the club. But he was on the selection panel, as is oh. the Trevor Brooking. Now... One of the things that, again, the, the media, getting back to that, that was really interesting, was when um, Tony Cotty came out and said he couldn't understand why um, somebody that knows about football wasn't involved in um, sorting out the infrastructure of the football club. Right. The problem's going to be for him. He was getting paid by the club as an ambassador as they call them. So right. whether he'll be allowed anymore, Joe Cole has come out and said similar stuff. So this is Saw not that. just Whistler saying These are football people who have lived and breathed football, and this is their living. Um, so, again, <clears throat> that's why we want to talk right. to the club as an independent group sure. rather than have the official supporters board. 
No, I remember when Joe Cole, I mean, I watched that entire thing. I mean, uh, he really <laughs> seems to be to be bothered. I mean, but he is a fan, right? I mean, he, he's been a fan. He was a fan. He grew up a fan. So, I mean, it really must bother people like him who they have seen better. He's played for clubs that are a little more successful than West Ham United. <laughs> um, you oh, know, yeah. bless his soul. But, um, you know, even though I wouldn't wish Chelsea on anyone, but, um, <laughs> you know, he, th- they are slightly better run. Uh, than we are. And, um, you know, so he's seen how it can be on the other side, but still retains that love. So it was, it it, it was, uh, again, heartening to see uh, some of these, some of these ex-players and, uh, and and people speak about this, but, but you're right without, without something like Wissa on the ground doing the work, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how much is, how much is just press stuff going to, going to do? I mean, you guys are, so you guys are out there fighting the good fight every single week. Yeah, every single day. I have got to say, yeah. and again, this, yeah, it is every single day because there is always something that comes up. I mm. mean, one of you two folks said it yourself. West Ham shoot themselves in the foot on so yeah. many occasions, so much, uh, and so unnecessarily. You know, and I don't know what their PR advisors are doing because all I can say is a very poor job. Yeah. Well, they're smart. They're smarter than their PR advisors, right? So no, no, we know what to do, yeah. and I, I, I think their instincts are just completely wrong. They, they run this like a fiefdom, you know. I mean, they, like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's more like a mini kingdom, and and everything comes from the top. Um, if, yeah. if you, uh, who was it? Was it, um, uh, Steve Jobs said, uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in trouble, or something like that. I, I mean, I'm paraphrasing yeah. that quote, but if you're a good business mm-hmm. person, you should not be the smartest person in the room. You should hire people smarter than you and have them help mm-hmm. to help you figure out what to do. And to learn um, from them. We do, yeah, and we do the opposite of that, right? If someone's smarter than us and they disagree with us, we, we get rid of them and we bring in someone who will tell us, you're right, boss. That's a great idea. And that's a terrible way yeah. to run a business. It doesn't matter if it's football or, uh, you know, uh, mm. the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 how do I say industry. this? Uh, let's say the, the media industry that they were in previous to this. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, porn barons. So, well, yeah. it, it, hey, it keeps sounding more and more like Karen Brady knows Don Garber, and this is Don Garber running it. And I don't know what you know about Don Garber, but he's the commissioner of Major League Soccer, and it's his oh, way God. or the highway. Shut up. And literally, mm-hmm. to get him to change his mind, you need so much. There's just so much to get him no, to change his mind. It's just, he's, he's an embarrassment. But, yes, he is. Yeah. He, he, he came from the NFL. That explains more than you need to know. But well, so but, but get, to get back to Karen Brady, doesn't she work like 15 hours a week at, at West Ham United? And she makes yeah. a million pounds. Yeah, she got a bonus, a performance-related yeah. pay bonus. <laughs> Um, of uh, to put a salary to one point one three or something like that million pounds. Right. Um, Yeah. So she does fifteen. The Apprentice program, TV program with Alan Sugar. She does fifteen appearances on that. She has a a gossip column that she writes for a newspaper that's absolutely loathed in various cities. The Sun, yeah, um, she, which she embarrasses West Ham through. So, for example, Leicester ref- have refused point blank yeah. to sell players to us now because of her um, or a column. So she does that. She has an, uh, an article in the Cosmopolitan magazine that she does. She has various speaking engagements, I think, as a minimum of 16 that she does. She's in the House of Lords. So she does a couple of hours at West Ham and then goes to the House of Lords for the afternoons. Um, she's launched Karen Brady Master of Business um, Arts degree, 
um, that's what we're saying. We would like to have an experience full-time or fuller-time CEO. Can you imagine? I mean, a multi-million pound business. Can you imagine Mm. saying, wouldn't it be nice if we had a full-time CEO? Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. that is outrageous. What other business could you imagine where, where you know, you say, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, well, our chief executive works about 15 hours a week. I mean, yeah. it, it just, I mean, to be, to be supposedly this genius business person, I mean, uh, I mean, how, how smart is that? Not. No, not at all. And I mean, she's actually come out and said things like, well, I hope Tottenham Hotspurs win the league. Now to say that, and you're in West Ham. Uh, I mean, has she no sense? You know, she, she's That's an arsonist. Blasphemous. Yeah, blasph- it is blasphemous. You know, and she actually has no sense. And she sounds very much like that person you were mentioning. It's her way or the highway. And yeah. if you don't nod and say yes, she doesn't hear, doesn't want to hear, doesn't listen. Uh, and that in itself is a problem. So the only thing I was going to say is, so I've, I have heard rumors and we know how, how, you know, how rumors work, uh, that there, there is now actually some friction though, between her and Sullivan, that there could be a widening of, of the gap, uh, between them and their, their roles, uh, because things are falling apart and, and we all acknowledge that they are, um, yeah. and, you know, our lead position is not a lie. Um, and, and, and the ironic part is, I would say we have more talented players in more positions than we had years ago. Um, you know, so, you know, but, mm-hmm. but now, now, it, you know, do we have squad depth? Absolutely not. Do we have a balanced squad? Absolutely not. Do we have youth in the right place? Absolutely not. Do we have pace in the right places? Absolutely not. So, but, but many of our footballers are quite talented. I mean, I don't think we would have mm-hmm. Allaire and Felipe Anderson in years past. But that being said, um, you know, in so many ways, uh, things are, are terrible. And so when things are terrible and not going to plan, you tend to point fingers. So it is it, it was to me a kind of an interesting rumor. Um, but I don't see her leaving until they all leave. And I don't see them all leaving until they sell for what they want. Mm. Uh, and that would be that to me would make sense because I think they're in it for the money personally. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and I, t- yeah, I think that's what they're there for. Um, couple of just sort of minor side points. You mentioned about the business and the business acumen. Well, Sullivan sold his porn industry um, at a time in the eighties when, if he'd have hung on for a little bit longer, he'd have made a lot of money. So he made a poor business choice then. I think he's got a track record of not outstanding business, but nevertheless. Well, to be fair to um, him, no one saw the internet coming, really. He just showed up and was like, what the hell is this ad yeah. symbol thing? Yeah, yeah. And I think he's still a little bit like that. But um, so, I mean, that is one thing. Brady, I can't see them separating. I really can't. Yeah. I think they rely on her too much in a way. I think she's. I think she's clever because she's worked to make herself indispensable or appear to be indispensable to them. Correct. Um, so, again, that is an issue. Um, she's a very difficult lady to work with. Um, I mean, I work with somebody who who's had dealings with her, shall we say, and she actually comes to the meeting and she plonks herself down. She says, you're going to do what I want you to do, or you can basically F off out of it. You know, um, and this is her attitude. So yeah. 
She's an interesting lady, I have got to say. But we do need somebody that's going to do full-time work at the club. And the team, the players, you are right um, about Anderson, Allaire, although Lanzini, I don't think he's ever going to come back to what he was. No, sadly. Sadly. But as great as all these players are, you also are right in that they're not. it's not a balanced squad, which gets back to infrastructure. Because if... A director of football had said, right, you need a right back, you need a good right back who's young and fit and can run and a cover for, for the right back, you know, but we don't have anybody that thinks like that. There is no, no. strategic thinking. It no, appears. It, at it, you're absolutely right. And, and it's almost, if you guys aren't sure what to do, look at Liverpool and just blatantly copy that. Okay, I mean, yeah. but, but like, but like to to compare us to Liverpool, um, you know, someone mm-hmm. in the press uh, in the past few weeks, I, I believe, said that West Ham United at this moment remind me of Liverpool under Gillette and Hicks, and mm-hmm. and, and what was happening, uh, you know, with the spirit of Shankly organization and, and all of that, and and so um, in fact, I have a I have a one of my best friends in the world is a is a massive Liverpool supporter, and as obnoxious as that is, he's a really good person um, and knows a lot about football. Uh, but but as I've been talking to him about all this, he's been saying you guys should contact the spirit of Shankly and say what what did you guys do? They got them out, and and I said, well, there there are some really amazing organizations who I, I know are doing things right now, and and that was like right before um, the initial protest um, where you know where the, where the two thousand of you guys came out, so. Um, it, it does. There do seem to be some parallels, and then it just shows you what happens when you do have the right owner. Because you know whether you want an American owner or or, or you know a British owner, um, John Henry's done an amazing job yeah. at mm-hmm. Liverpool. I mean, like he's he's just a good sports owner. He understands. He takes time to really analyze and figure things out. He puts the right people in charge. He does things the right way. And when you when you establish that structure of that organization from the beginning, and you base everything on that. Well, I mean, look what happens. It doesn't hurt that they were a famous name with tons of money in the first place, um, you know, which, you know, we won't have that issue. But we are one of the top 20, uh, you know, revenue-producing football clubs in the world, so we should be able to have someone come in, and if we run the ship correctly, uh, we should be we should be run well. So, um, I don't know. Uh, to me, that, that like, Liverpool, um, you know, uh, comparison is really intriguing because I wonder how much it actually affected their decision to sell Liverpool mm-hmm. um, and how much we can help. Because you're right, if, if, if it's just for the money, then they won't care if we're unhappy, right? No. Oops, yeah. And I think there's an element of that. I think, like I said earlier, I think there's a massive, massive disconnect. I don't think they quite get why we're unhappy Right. Or why we're not satisfied, because I I believe, and this is just my opinion, that they think they're doing a reasonable job. Now, yeah. the thing on the 24th, the Black Balloon protest, the spirit of Shankly, so obviously they are uh, aware and they've actually put together um, a banner to hold up in the cop. End. So they are fully supporting. Um, I've contacted um, a friend who's on the Newcastle Supporters Trust. So again, Mike Ashley, another um, interesting football club. Infamous. You can say infamous. Mm. Infamous as well. Um, So we're looking to do something joint when we go away to Newcastle with them. Um, Fans against rotten owners sort of thing. Cool. Um, 
So, I mean, you're right. I think fans in this country now, we are beginning to pull together as um, trust organisations, whatever. Another example is Burnley, the Clarets Trust, mm-hmm. have uh, done a lot of analysis around the Socios cryptocurrency um, and sent us a load of information, really supportive, helpful stuff, because they disagree with it as a, on, in principle as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I think football fans and supporters organisations, the independent ones, and I begin to think, hang on a minute here, this some of this stuff is not okay. Right. Um, you know, and we've come together as groups to protest against certain price hikes um, for away tickets, so a cap on away tickets to £30. Um, so it does work both ways, but no, it, I think you're right, um, and more and more... Um, so the spirit of Shankly, the Newcastle, Burnley, um, we are pulling together now. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. I, I, I was not aware of that that level of um, interclub, uh, you know, uh, cooperation. That's really cool. Yeah, it's actually great to yeah. hear that we're getting support from other Premier League clubs because other to me that means that we're, that they're seeing what's going on. They they don't like it, and if they don't like it, there are opponents we that that shows to the world that. Something's definitely not right here. It needs to be looked at. And it's only a matter of time before we get our own 30 for 30 on this by ESPN or something right. like that. Um, well, I, well, but for Liverpool especially, though, I think that, I think that number one, we're not threatening to them at all, right? So it's fine. We don't have a history of any sort of real rivalry with them. Um, and they, they really do still remember that time of uh, – of Gillette and Hicks very, very um, deeply. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it left a big scar on them. Now the poor lambs, what did they finish fifth or sixth or something? I mean, like, you know, it's hard to cry too much if you're a West Ham United supporter about mm-hmm. it, but still, I mean, they, um, they, they really hated all that. So um, I can understand why they would kind of uh, reach out and, and, and want to help us get through our time with our bad owners as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they have been very supportive. I mean, we do have um, regular meetings. So the Football Supporters Association pull groups of supporters, uh, trusts or ISAs together. So we meet um, once every other month, really, to talk through a range of issues that affect all of us. Um, But there are AOB. So, for example, we can bring up things that are relevant for just one club. So Socios was one. Right. And then other other groups chip in and say, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to say this, we're going to say that. So actually it's been really helpful. Then once you start that link going on one thing, when this protest action, so now we've got people saying, right, we want to work with you and we want to help you because it's not okay. What is happening is not okay because their logic is it's West Ham today. Well, Newcastle, obviously, I mean, it's them as well. But it will be others. Mm-hmm. So it's us today. Right. Tomorrow it's another club. Um, and it's hard. And at the end of the day, you're right, both of you. We are all football fans, and that is the base. That is the bottom right. line. We're all supporters together. Well, um, I think. Uh so we should all encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast, especially here in the states. Um, if you if you have really liked what we've been talking about, um, you you heard it yourself. We can join WUSA. Um, you can join Hammers United. You can you can get involved in these organizations, and it's pretty easy. How how do you how does one join WUSA, Sue? 
Okay, so um, you can either, well, can I just say, you don't have to join um, if you have a concern or a question, okay? You have to it's join, guys. You have to join, yeah. okay? It's, Please it's do mandatory. join. It's only a quiz. Okay, <laughs> so um, uh, our website is info at whuisa.org. That's mm-hmm. one. Twitter is at whu underscore isa or whuisa.org will bring you directly to our website and there's a join link there. It's sure. via PayPal, so obviously that will do all the conversions from dollars to sterling for you. Um, join us, make our voice a lot stronger so that when we sit across the table from Sullivan Gold, Brady or whoever our owners end up with, we are talking with thousands and thousands and thousands of members behind us. Fantastic. And if how many go ahead. If you do get a chance to talk to uh, Gold, ask him when his last time he actually went out for a flight was that he flew. Because I read his book and believe it or not, he owns a fleet of small aircraft. And I did not know that until I read his book. I was like, what? What the <laughs> what? why is it this news? Why doesn't he talk about this ever? Well rich people own stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right, yeah. including football clubs. And how many uh, – uh, the one thing I can't believe I haven't asked yet is how many um, current members are there in WISA? Right. Well, at the moment, there's uh, just under 4,000. Okay. Um, but because they're paid paid members – now, on Twitter, obviously, we have a wider following than that. Um, but we're always open to new members. Um but what I will say is there are times when people have said, can you ask the club about X or Y? And we will do that because, like I said, we're all football supporters and fans together. We're not going to say no. We're just going to encourage people to join us. It's only a quid. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I just joined as you were just talking about that. So, Yay! Oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm interested to hear how – how this progresses and how this progresses as the season goes on. And if we do get relegated, what's going to happen? If we don't get relegated, what's going to happen? Are we possibly going to get a new owner? Possibly. Elon Musk, if you're listening, please buy us. <laughs> please have everyone, instead of just walking out, have everyone drive out in a new Tesla. That's right. Imagine right. that for a second. That would be a sight to see. There you go. Now, wouldn't it just? <laughs> I, and on that note, I think it's a perfect time to wrap it up. And yep. So for John, um, we thank Sue immensely for coming on early this morning, our time, afternoon, your time, um, and making time for you, for us and your hectic, busy schedule, even though there's the games on Monday and we have time to wait. <laughs> because we've been doing, we've been waiting all February to have at least another game, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much Wednesday. for inviting me. Thank you for having me. No, it's been, it's been wonderful. Thank you, Sue. Well, Please come back. Um, hopefully next season we can come back and discuss any updates that we that there might be. My pleasure. That, I'd love to and, do that. And fingers crossed it's only for the better. That's uh, right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. I, for, uh, a big thank you to Tim and Lee for giving us this platform to talk about West Ham United and to br- bring on people to be interviewed. Um, if you'd like to be interviewed um, or have something to talk about, please message either me or John or Chris on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and we can work out getting you on the show. Um, and so with that, 
This is our Ben Fortune's Always Hiding, and hopefully next week we have positivity to talk about. Until Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. This has been an American Hammers radio production on AmericanHammersTV.us.